Welcome to Grand Canyon University's Teaching Tips, a survey of educational improvement. And now, here are the hosts of today's Teaching Tips, Joshua Sagata and Mark Trollinger. And we are back. Welcome to Teaching Tips. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Joshua Sagata. And I'm Mark Trollinger. Mark, today we have a very, very special department that many people might not even know exists here at Grand Canyon University. So we are very blessed to have our two guests and we are blessed as a whole as a university to have their department because I know not every every university has their department. So I wanted to introduce Ryan and Catherine, but first we'll have, actually, you know what? I'm not even going to introduce their department. I'll have you tell who you are, what you do. Catherine Burton, please introduce yourself just a little about who you are, how long you've been here and the department of which you serve. So my name is Katherine Burton, and I'm actually the lead curriculum developer for the College of Nursing. So I've been working here at GCU, GCE. So um, I've been working here for about a year now, and I just recently stepped into this position. My team develops curriculum for both the colleges of nursing and business, and now I'm focusing more specifically on nursing. So your entire department is called Curriculum Design and Development, correct? Yes, and then uh, and divided then up into individual teams, maybe five or six teams that focus yeah, on specific teams. colleges within the university. Ryan, you haven't been introed yet. <laughs> I, you are so jumping the mic here. <laughs> so without further ado, Ryan, why don't you tell us your name? I'm, and just, I'm just too eager. <laughs> My name is uh, Ryan Hughes. I'm an instructional designer with Curriculum Design and Development. I've been here with GCU and GC for... Nine and a half years. Yeah, I've seen you in the that. hallways. We this is like our first time officially meeting. Yeah. Right now, but we have like crossed paths over the last. I would yeah. say that nine years. So it's really, really great to actually work. Yeah. With so you. it's been a long time. It's gone by really fast, as everyone who's been here that long mm-hmm. can attest. So yeah, I'm on the team in in CDD uh, that helps develop the curriculum for College of Humanities and Social Sciences. But I've worked on most of college projects throughout gotcha. the year. So. And so what I really like is you two specialize in specific colleges, which Mark and I have had guests from faculty training development on, peers of ours, faculty managers, and they, we two are structured where we have college-specific. And I, the reason I want to point that out, it's really neat. Each of you can specialize where your gifts, talents, abilities, or even degrees are, and it doesn't mean you have to be a master of everything, but you specialize and you create curriculum for that. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. We have been working on cross-team projects mm-hmm. quite a bit recently, and I think that's just going to continue as GCU grows. So we are kind of assigned to a specific team, how it's structured now, but we do work on projects you know, as they come up uh, more and right. more. And so. Catherine's been here for a year, so you're like a Totally. You're a pro veteran. Oh, 100%. I'm a nurse. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, No, just to add on to that. And what we do, we are considered the education experts in a sense. Mm -hmm. So on my team, my team members work for both the colleges of nursing and business, which can get somewhat esoteric, especially as you get into higher and higher level courses. And so none of us are expected to be accountants or nurses or anything like that. So we come in with that educational background, and then we collaborate with people who do have that content knowledge. And together, we can create a course that really serves our students well so that we know that they're learning the material they need and we're also assessing the benchmarks that need to be met and things like that Mm -hmm. so it's a very collaborative process in that way yeah i would definitely say collaboration yeah and i think it's really great from uh you know some faculty who maybe teach at other schools a lot of times they come into a class and maybe they're given the textbook and they're like okay there you go design Mm -hmm. your assignments and everything but here we don't have to do that, especially somebody that's coming into a classroom for the first time. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. Yeah, they don't have to worry about setting up assignments, developing materials. Can you talk a little bit about how that centrally managed collaborative process works? 
Yeah, so the the GCU model for curriculum, uh, as well as pretty much everything GCU does, is pretty unique. It's it's trailblazing, and it's all built on increasing efficiency and effectiveness. Like you said, most universities, an instructor gets hired, comes in, and they're kind of left on their own to teach what they're going to teach. Whereas GCU, we have this collaborative process where we and CDD uh, work with the colleges. We get subject matter experts, which are oftentimes the faculty members, mm-hmm. um, sometimes depending on the, the nature of the, the course or the program that we're working on, uh, we bring in outside experts. And we work with those subject matter experts and faculty to kind of create the, the course that the college envisions. Mm-hmm. And so we get a vision from the college administration, um, from the faculty members in the college, they kind of all collaborate with us to figure out, okay, what, what should kind of this, this course be? Um, and we work on developing that course. And like you said, it's much different than the instruction. You know, we don't deal with the instruction. Mm-hmm. We just deal with setting that standard of, of what the curriculum should be. And then it's turned over to the individual faculty right. members to instruct that content as they will. And that's where a lot of faculty training development comes in because we always – we try to teach and train to saying, hey, you're given you're given the basics in a shell and a great starting point. And what's really neat is what Mark was saying. Like when I, when I was in public ed – I was given an, a textbook, but it was optional. And so when I taught English, it was it was all supplemental. So I was grabbing stuff from wherever. And sometimes it was the night before, I'll be honest. And so, <laughs> so when you have our curriculum, you know that it's well thought out. You know that it's intentional. You, there's accreditation factors taken into account for right. you. You have people that have been in the industry, in the field, because as Catherine, you were saying, you don't to work at the, your department, you don't have to be a nurse right. or, or been a right. doctor or a heart surgeon to come in and do this. So we can find people right. that were, and then they speak into that. And I imagine you work with the deans closely mm-hmm. within the college. And so what we're given as faculty as a, as a starting point is this well-thought-out collaborative effort. And then we can bring our personality. We can bring extra supplemental, and we can kind of – go at our own pace to where we're like, okay, I'm brand new. Or, hey, if I've taught this three times, great. It's time to step it up a level. Right. And that's that's part of the expectation is that, especially when it comes to our on-ground courses, we're providing a structure for the course. And faculty members or instructors can use that as a, as a jumping off point. They can adhere to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can also kind of infuse their own flavor to their, yeah. their deliverables and things like that. But I think something that's really unique about GCU is that so much of our student population is online. Mm-hmm. And this way, this really helps to ensure that the content is the same across the board. So whether gotcha. a student's coming to campus to take their class or whether they're doing an online class, they're still getting that same like high quality content. And we mm-hmm. can ensure that those programmatic standards and benchmarks and accreditation, things like that. And the those faith are integration as well would be included in right, that. Right, exactly. So you, you yeah. have the consistency. That's great. So you don't have one student who did online versus ground. I was like, wow, I never have talked about that concept at all. Or what are you talking about? Or also, I think that the way that we do this in curriculum design and development also helps to support our instructors Mm -hmm. because we do have a lot of full-time faculty on campus, but then to assist with our online classes, we have a lot of adjunct faculty coming in. And so this way, when we create that curriculum with the college, we know that this is what the college wants our students to be learning, and that helps facilitate that transition when we have adjuncts Mm -hmm. coming in to teach. And I think that consistency is important too. Like you said, with adjuncts, a lot of times they have experience in a profession they may not have as much teaching experience. You know, some of them, if they were asked to design their assignments and materials, they probably wouldn't even know where to start. Right. So with yeah. this, it is consistent. I think each instructor brings their own supplements to it and how they approach it. But 
the materials themselves should be consistent from class right. to class. As Catherine pointed out, with every uh, course that we design, we ensure that no matter what the modality that the student takes that course in, it has the same outcomes. Mm -hmm. The same learning objectives are in those courses. Uh, sometimes, depending on the nature of a course, traditional campus course might require a certain type of assessment of those objectives, and mm -hmm. an online course might merit a different kind of assessment. And and we'll make those changes in the curriculum, but still those learning outcomes are still the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's all these things you mentioned, you know, IFLW. There's all these kind of aspects that GCU needs in the curriculum. And that's a big part of our job is to keep track of those things and make sure those things are being implemented into the curriculum. The IFLW, the programmatic benchmark assignments, the writing intensive courses, the list goes on and on of, of all these kind of requirements that we need to meet. And if each and every individual faculty member was left to keep track of all of that stuff on their own, right. it would be probably impossible. Mm -hmm. And so that's a, that's a big benefit, I think, to our department. Mm -hmm. We keep track of that stuff and, you know, remind the faculty and colleges as we're working on these programs of all these different things that we need to keep track of. Yeah, the learning curve, I think, would be astronomical if you brought on any new adjunct faculty, or seasoned for that matter, and said, hey, guess what? You now have to be responsible mm -hmm. for these qualifications. Here's a little checklist for you. you know, make sure everything you're doing, yeah. that would just be overwhelming. You know, Most faculty, they're, they're on board because they want to teach. That's kind of getting in the way. Right. I imagine your department is much like a production crew or say a podcast editing engineer <laughs> where you don't really get credit when things go well and you're just you're there and you do what you're doing and you don't get praised when hey this this course was structured very well but the moment something <laughs> is amiss you know right. the, the, you hear about the it. <laughs> uh, assignment dropbox was set up as a CLC group instead of an individual mm -hmm. or the word count was wrong or it mentions an auto rubric but there's no auto rubric you know what that's where you get you get nailed and, and, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, why isn't this working? So I want to address this, kind of talk about it from a student perspective as well as a faculty. So one thing is a faculty member, when I'm teaching, I often hear students will come to me and they'll attack me for creating the assignment and putting it in such a way that was confusing for them or what have you. And so I bring this up because a comment you made earlier, Ryan, you mentioned that you like to provide resources for the instructor, kind of turn it over to them. Say, here's, here's some curriculum. I'm not going to tell you how to instruct it. You go with it. So when an instructor is approached like, this assignment that you made <laughs> is just the worst thing ever, you know, the last thing that Mark and I would ever want to say is to a faculty member is, oh, well, just don't take the blame. Go ahead and blame CDD. Why don't you just go ahead and tell, <laughs> tell the student, hey, this isn't my assignment. I didn't create it deal with it. So what kind of encouragement would you give a faculty member to where it's like, we don't want to say, call Ryan Hughes, call Catherine, she'll help you. You know what I mean? To the student. But what are some terminology or language you would hope faculty could use to support students, but also take ownership, but also say, hey, I'm going to, I'm aware there's an issue. Let's work through this. Well, I think we, of course, will defer to the college, first of all. And so if an instructor is teaching something and they find that it doesn't work, I would hope that they can take that initiative to figure out what will work for that classroom and their students, especially if it's just, we need to get this assignment in, something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. In the moment, how are we going to address this situation? Mm -hmm. But we do, in CDD, we do rely heavily on end-of-course surveys from both the students and the faculty members so that we can right. get that necessary feedback, which helps then kind of direct where we're going to focus our intentions next when it comes to revisions or just collaborating with the college about how we can make our courses better. Mm -hmm. So you want the faculty feel empowered. 
right. to handle the situation as it as it arises, but then also take an extra step. You mentioned the in the course survey, and so we want to stress how important that is. That's how you get notified, how your department's notified. Hey, right. there's an issue with PSC fourteen right. or MG, you know, whatever. So take those seriously. When we get those emails from faculty training development from Grand Canyon as a union whole, fill the survey. But mm-hmm. first and foremost, deal with the issue. But you are empowered to modify the situation in order to get the class through that assignment, correct? I mean, to to an extent, right. I would say we're, we're not encouraging all faculty members to just teach whatever they want to teach. <laughs> but I have had meetings with instructors before where they say, like, this doesn't really fit the needs of my students, and so I've taken it in this direction, or I've provided this supplemental resource in, mm-hmm. in that way. Um, but also, if, if there's really a problem that needs to be fixed right away, faculty members can go through faculty training and development mm-hmm. and submit cases directly to CDD if they're saying, like, there's a rubric missing, and we can jump on that and help them out with it. And I think also, just from a class management perspective, Sometimes if the wording is a little confusing on an assignment, I mean, that's where the instructor themselves can look at the syllabus at the beginning of class. They can see those assignments. And I think that using their weekly announcements to maybe narratively Mm -hmm. describe it in a way that maybe answers the question. And if an instructor has taught that class multiple times, usually it's the same questions every time. So you know where the confusion is going to lie with an assignment. So they can clear that up before it's an Mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. yeah, we try to be perfect, but we're definitely not. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. there are going to be issues in courses. We we go through QA process. We have editors. Mm-hmm. But there's always something that slips through. Or there's something that an instructor approaches, and they just view it differently than mm-hmm. the subject matter experts who helped develop that course right. and would like it worded differently, things like that. And so if it's a, it's a problem, definitely, you know, come down to the college. Everything we do, we consult with the college. You know, we got this suggestion of this mm-hmm. change. How would you like us to proceed with it? Should we make this change, et cetera? And so, yeah, I think those are good points. Faculty looking or instructors really looking through the curriculum before the class Mm-hmm. seeing if there are any issues that that like addressed and and let us know let the college know but also you know make that judgment of maybe i can explain this a little bit better to my students in the classroom in this situation and then submit a ticket and mm-hmm see if we can get that revised for the future and i think also an an important factor of looking ahead like when the class starts is sometimes the curriculum changes right right so if you taught it mm-hmm. Two months ago, and you haven't looked at it, it might be different. And then we see cases where, you know, faculty will post their regular announcements and whatever that they've saved over time, and then it's no longer accurate because they haven't looked at those assignments. Yeah, it's just important to know that sometimes the curriculum does does change. We strive to update our courses every two to three years and keep a pretty consistent revision schedule. So mm-hmm. there are times where you'll finish teaching a course and the very next iteration of that course, it could be even, it could be the next day, it could be the next week, it could be a completely different version because it's right. been updated and it's gone through that revision. So I do want to stress that our, the courses are dynamic and they're never static and we're always trying to like look for ways to make them better and to incorporate mm-hmm. different teaching and learning strategies to provide timely and relevant resources. So we are always looking for opportunities to and improve. I've, I've noticed too, I've taught in one of the courses I've taught, I've received an email when the curriculum was updated before. I thought it was very proactive. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great because, you know, Mark and I have talked before about, I, I like how we're touching on, you know, just taking time, you, you know, looking ahead because we've talked about continuous improvement for ourselves, not being stagnant within our own class when we're teaching the same course over and over. It can be easy to default to your course announcements. You, you recycle, you know, use the same ones or even some of your, your DQ posts. Mm-hmm. But 
what we're saying is, hey, to keep it fresh, just let alone the curriculum changes two to three times a, a year. Or I'm sorry, every, every two, two to three, three years. years sorry. Mm-hmm. Every two to three years. But there's no guaranteed time where it's like, oh, well, we do all of them the first week of January. Right. And so it could literally be at any point. So as faculty members, we definitely want to get in bare minimum starting point a week ahead, two weeks ahead. That's what I would encourage all faculty. When we find those errors, when you're in the live week, it's it's a little more uh, of an emergency, I guess. Right. We get more yeah. frantic faculty when they go, my goodness, the assignment due in two days, or sometimes uh, you know we'll see 24 hours. Mm-hmm. The assignment is due in an hour. The auto rubric is wrong. Well, that's great, but you're going to have to help your class through this one because there's no way that I can get back right. to how can I communicate to curriculum development design and then bring in the college and all the subject matter experts within that time just to modify that. Right. So working ahead is helpful. And so I just want to encourage all faculty, review your, your syllabus, review those revisions, check the course notes for that, and then also you know reach out as soon as you can. Um, but of course, as Catherine mentioned, the end of course survey mm-hmm. is huge. And, and don't just put a number, a radial, Fill out the comments. Mm-hmm. Like be be specific. Because no, that really helps us. I can't imagine what the comments you're like. <laughs> this is the worst ever. Well, why? And there's no comments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, one other thing is the course revision history. Maybe Catherine can clarify. But I believe all the the teams in CDD will put that if there is changes mm-hmm. to a course, they'll put in the course revision history document in LoudCloud. That that should probably be the first thing. Anytime you get a new section. To Check look that at that, see, history. hey, has has the content changed? Do I need to update some of my announcements and things yes, like I that? Yes, I believe it's so. in the path course material. Is that correct, Mark? Yeah, yeah there's an instructor, the instructor only. Instructor, instructor only. only. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you'll see that. And from my experience, when we do receive cases that we send to CDD, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Josh said, often you can't fix it in that class. But one thing that I've always enjoyed or or, or like is that many times when we get that email back they provide a workaround like mm-hmm. here maybe the link's broken or something they can say hey here's the article use that for now and then it's revised the next right time. So. right well that's good and so i just kind of want to reiterate again when we have this come up in our classrooms please faculty do not just push this off and say well i didn't create the assignment so it's not my problem uh, and again i'm trying to over you know over exaggerate not that anyone <laughs> would ever do that but um Take ownership of the situation. You're saying provide modifications within reason. But then, of course, note it for yourself and follow up on the end of course survey so it can be resolved before that class rolls again. Right, because we do have a pretty in-depth um, quality assurance process where the, we have so many eyes on it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we're not actually taking the course. And so we can do all of our checks and things like that, but sometimes it just helps to have someone take the course as a student or yeah. teach the course as an instructor to find, to find those yeah. gaps. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, we have, there's so much more. I'm hoping you two can stick around just so we can talk a little more, but uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up today for this episode of Teaching Tips. My name is Joshua Sugata. And I'm Mark Trollinger. This has been an episode of Teaching Tips. Thanks for listening in today. Join us next week as we continue our survey of effective educational practices.